That's good stuff. All right, family, let's bow our heads and sing a hallelujah. Singing one out loud, singing one silently. Tell him what you're praising him for right now. Let's do this. singing hallelujah to the creator of everything we know and see who loved us with an unconditional love that will last forever easy to do Lord easy to do so many things to be grateful for this morning but right here right now we're thanking you that we're in a place where fear doesn't stand a chance our enemies don't stand a chance worry anxiety doubt nothing stands a chance in here right now because your spirit's moving and alive and we're together just like you promised it. You're moving in a special way as we come together in the name of Jesus. So we're just glad to be back, Lord. We just love you, love this body, love to be together, praising and lifting up hallelujahs. Thank you for this, Jesus. We pray it in your name. Amen. All right, you can be seated. Okay, family, I want to do a couple of uh, kind of recaps from last week so we can be reminded. One of the things that we did last week is I, I told you my new catchphrase, which is, I don't know, but God knows. And I was thinking this week, maybe we ought to very lovingly add uh, another phrase to that and say, I don't know, and I really love you, but you don't know either, but God knows. Because everybody seems to know right now, what, what's all that mess going on out there in Seattle? I don't know. And bless your heart, you don't know either, but God knows. Hey, are they going to put a chip in the vaccine when they get it together and try to put that? I don't know. Bless your heart, you don't know either, but God knows. You know, we keep talking like that because we really don't know. We, you know, we've decided there's so much truth going on out there, but it's hidden by so many lies that we can't know the truth. Somebody says, wait a minute, Cain, I do know the truth. Well, how do you know the truth? Because I read it in the paper. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> you can believe everything you read in newsprint, right? Or, or yeah, yeah, no, 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 Kane, I didn't read it in the newspaper. I saw it with my own eyes on the news. I watched the news. Okay, that's different. Let me ask you something. Which network did you watch? CNN, MSNBC, or Fox? Because you tell me what network you watched, and I can tell you the spin you got. See what I'm talking about? We just can't know. I can't know, and you can't know. But praise God, we don't have to know because he knows and he's got this thing all worked out in the middle of chaos. So I want to remind us of that. The other thing I want to remind us is we've been te uh, talking about this week after week that you and I can choose every day to live in the presence and the power and the authority of Almighty God and through his Holy Spirit actually transform in the likeness of Jesus Christ with all this stuff going on. And it works. We've been finding out if you study the scriptures and follow the scriptures, it works. I always love the story this gal was telling her friend that she took a six-week extensive course in first aid. And her friend said, did it work? And she said, oh, my goodness, it worked. You know, uh, uh, just yesterday, I volunteered at my kid's uh, day school, uh, and um, I had research, recess duty, and two of the kids were playing tag, and they ran into each other head on. And one of them got knocked out. The other one got knocked goofy, but they kept their heads open. There was blood everywhere. It was a mess. And she said, that first aid class really helped. She said, it sure did. I put my head between my knees, and I didn't even throw up. It works, okay? What I'm telling you is this stuff works. And I want to remind us of that again this morning by looking at a very familiar passage of Scripture we've talked about over the years several times. I hope all Scriptures 
familiar, but this one definitely will be. Look with me to Luke 6, 43 to 45. I'm sure to be on the screen because Aaron's good about that. This is what Jesus says. No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. A good man brings good things out of good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Your mouth speaks what your heart is full of. What's your heart full of this morning, church? All the stuff's been going on around us. I want to remind us of a couple of spiritual laws, principles, and then after we do that from the text this morning, we're going to look at three different choices that we can make at communion with the Holy Spirit this morning. Okay, here's law number one. It's the law of the tree, and it's pretty simple. Jesus brings it up in verse 45. What, what do you get from a fig tree? Anybody? That's ah, good. What do you get from a grapevine? I mean, you guys are sharp. This lockdown didn't take the edge off of you at all. But anyway, that's the law of the tree. That's how it goes. What, the law of the tree goes like this. What's going on on the inside of the tree is actually what determines what happens on the outside of the tree. Now, for us, it's, it's pretty simple, too. Each side of each one of us is this constant flow of thoughts and attitudes and perceptions and feelings, and we've been talking about this for weeks now. What happens is those take on tendencies. The tendencies turn into patterns, and before you know it, it's our fruit. And the fruit, of course, is the way we live our lives. That's the law of the tree. And so, for example, happy, loving people are normally people who have happy, loving thoughts going on inside of them. Angry people are normally people who have resentful, bitter thoughts going on inside of themselves. Now, I actually learned this from uh, John Ortberg about 15 years ago, but it's been popular in American psychology for years. It's called cognitive psychology, and it goes like this. The things that you and I think about, and the way that we think about them, actually turns into the kind of people we become. It's the law of the tree, our emotions and our attitudes and such. Now, Jesus was trying to teach this in this passage. He was running up against the Pharisees. You remember the Pharisees? They weren't fair, you see. And they wanted to do good. They really did. But they had a different idea on how to get this done. They wanted to build fences around the laws of God. And then they wanted to make everybody follow the rules, only they didn't want to follow them themselves. It, it works like this. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 17, God told Adam and Eve, I don't want you to eat from the fruit of the tree of life. In fact, if you eat from that fruit, you're going to die. Well, by the time we get to Genesis 3, 3, Satan's been talking to Eve, and he's twisting the truth a little bit because that's what he does. He gets you to think God's trying to hold something back from you or God's lying to you. And so by the time he gets talking to Eve, Eve says this. Well, God says, we can't even touch the tree or we're going to die. Now, be careful, Eve. God didn't say that at all. He said, don't eat the fruit. But see, he, t he twists things just a little bit, makes things seem so much worse. Folks, this is why we got to be so careful. Everything you look at today is twisted just a little bit. That's his M.O. That's what he does. But the rabbis look, read that, and they were thinking to themselves, you know what, that just makes good sense to us. I mean, that dog will hunt. I mean, if you don't touch the fruit, you're probably not going to eat the fruit. And so they started building fences around the law. And the classic example of that, of course, is uh, one of the commandments that says, thou shalt not commit adultery. They built a fence around that. And they said, you shouldn't even talk to a woman. Man's not even allowed to talk to women. 
And that makes sense on the outside because I'd, I think that the odds of adultery go way down if you don't talk to somebody unless you're a mime or something. So they started building fences around the law. And if you look in the Bible, it's called the tradition of the elders. We've talked about this in the past. It's, it's written down in the Mishnah. They had, I'm, I'm a little loud here. They had uh, 523 sections, five to 10 paragraphs apiece, all about rules and regulations that you have to follow in order to be a follower. And if you didn't follow them, you'd go to hell. And, and I'm talking about deep, important things like if, a, if an unclean bird sat on the nest of a clean bird, did those eggs become unclean? Or if you had a dog and he chewed on something dead, that made him unclean. If that dog then climbed up on your porch to take a nap, did your whole house come unclean? I mean, deep and personal things they talked about. And they'd argue about this, and they'd send you to hell if you didn't fix them. You know what I mean? Aren't you glad churches don't do that kind of stuff today? Anyway, Jesus has this better idea for obedience, and as always, it's brilliant. He says, listen, if your aim is to do the right thing and avoid the wrong thing, and you focus on the rules, you're going to fail every time because you can't keep the rule. We already tried that in the Old Testament, Jesus said. It didn't work. Don't focus on the rules. Well, the Pharisees are saying, don't focus on the rules. Look, we got 523 sections of rules with five to ten paragraphs. Jesus said, no, you don't focus on the rules. You focus on what's right because you love God. You focus on not doing what's wrong because it disappoints God. And so the idea is you don't, you, you don't focus on the rules. You focus on your relationship with God. And guess what happens? You change from the inside out. That's the law of the tree. Remember it? Now, the law of exposure is the second one. It's pretty simple, too, and it goes like this. Your mind will think most about what it's exposed to. Now, we talked about this last week, too. Garbage in, garbage out. We fill our minds up every day. I know we do. Constantly. With good things and bad things. Noble things and not so noble things. Right things and wrong things. Good things and bad things. And, and that why, that's why we have to be careful, little mind, what we think about. Be careful, little mind, where you surf. What, what you're looking at, what you're reading. Because what goes on in our minds repeatedly occupies our mind, eventually shapes our mind, and ultimately will be expressed in the way we live. That's the law of exposure. And it can get messed up so quickly. And for the life of me, I don't know why we take this so lightly today and why we're so surprised by it. I, I don't know much about racing, I'll admit that. It's one sport I don't get into. But I do know that if you join the NASCAR circuit, the NASCAR circuit, you probably would not take your high-performance race car down to the Speedway gas station and put 10% ethanol in it. You wouldn't do that. If you decided to run the Boston Marathon, I doubt very seriously if you'd go on a strict ice cream donut diet, although a diet like that sounds pretty good to me, not for the Boston Marathon. If you're going to have a new baby, you guys are going to have a new baby, you're probably not just going to let him eat anything he wants anytime he wants to. For a couple reasons. Number one, what goes in the baby comes out of the baby. You know what I mean? But secondly, when you care about something, you're very careful how you treat it, what you put into it, because performance is dictated by that. And I don't know why we take this so nonchalantly. It's a law. It's a principle. We seem surprised by it. We're not surprised by any other law. The law of gravity. You don't walk off your, your roof and fall 10 feet and land and shake yourself off and look up there and say, what are the odds of that happening? I mean, no, we're not surprised by that. And we shouldn't be surprised by this law either. I'll give you an example. In our culture right now, our kids are exposed to an unending barrage of violence and violent images all day long. 
I've seen some of these video games. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I've heard some of the kids in this preschool and kingdom camp talk about some of the movies their moms and dads let them watch. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And then they're inundated all day long with sexual images from the video games, from the movies, from, from the shows they're watching. And then all day long, they are stimulated with desire to get more and more from all these ads. And then we act like we're shocked that we're living in a culture that is violent, has sexual problems, and full of greed. It's not surprising at all. It's predictable. And Jesus predicted it 2,000 years ago. It's the law of exposure. Garbage in, garbage out. Good people bring good out of the good stored up in their heart. Evil people bring evil stored up in their heart. And the kingdom teaching Jesus has given us this morning is this. What we do, family, how we act, how we live, is going to have a lot to do with what we put in our hearts and our minds. And so we need to be very careful what we're looking at, what we're watching, what we're reading, what sites are you going to, what conspiracy theories are you looking up, because everybody wants to pick a side these days. You know what I mean? I got an idea. Let's pick the side of grace. Let's pick the side of Jesus Christ, because that's the truth that we have, and that's the truth the world needs so desperately. Okay, so I got three choices we can make at the communion table this morning and out the door. Here's choice number one. You can be a bad tree if you want to. God's a gentleman. If that's what you want to do, <laughs> have at her. In fact, this is so doable. Anybody in here today or listening to me, this is the easiest thing on the planet to do if you want to be a bad tree. Jesus put it plainly in Romans 8, 5 when he said, those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. Just set your mind on evil things and you can be a bad tree. We, we all know what evil thoughts look like. You want, you want some snapshots? Here's some snapshots of a bad tree. Man, they are doing so well right now. I mean, things are just working out for them. I wish they'd fail. Because, you know, I'd make me feel a little better about me. Or, here's another bad tree thought. Hey, there's a girl jogging down the road. I wonder if she's young and attractive, attractive enough that I can get just a shot of lust when I drive by. Here's another bad tree thought. I can't believe I'm late for work again. That's no problem. I'll just make something up. Kids were sick. Traffic was bad. People spin the truth all the time. It's no big deal. Here's another bad thought. Can you believe what's going on in their marriage? <laughs> Man, I just lo I love a good piece of gossip, don't you? Because when I can gossip about somebody, it makes me feel better about me. That's enough. It, those are evil thoughts. We're pretty keen on those. In fact, Raise your hand if you're sitting next to somebody who you're positive have thought like that all the time. Okay, and I'm just here. The bad, <laughs> the bad news is this: because of our fallen nature and our sin nature, there was something probably familiar on that list to every one of us in here. And if we're not careful, listen to me: if we're not careful, especially those of us who've been in a church a long time, especially those of us who are in leadership in the church, sometimes what we'll do is we'll do the best we can to clean out the outside of the tree, so nobody knows what's really going on on the inside of the tree. That's what happened to the Pharisees. We don't want that to happen. Okay, back to this. If this is your goal, very easy to get done. Number one from Psalm 10:4. In their pride, the wicked do not seek him. In all of their thoughts, there's no room for God. So if you want to be a bad tree, just don't have any room in your life for God. No thoughts at all. Don't read the Bible. Don't listen to any preaching, no teaching. 
Stay away from anybody who can speak truth into your life. Don't even get around them. Don't do any honest self-evaluation, and don't get teamed up with the Holy Spirit of all. Now, again, in this culture, if you want to be a bad tree, easiest thing on the planet to do. Jesus said in Matthew 7, 13, wide is the road that leads to destruction, and many find it. Just go with the flow. Just follow the crowd. You can be a bad tree. Here's option number two. You can be a mediocre tree. You can do this half and half type deal. You can keep one foot in the kingdom, and you can keep one foot in the world. Now, James talks about this in chapter 1 and chapter 4. Jesus talks about it in Revelation chapter 3 and several other places. Uh, James calls it double-minded, and to be honest with you, he doesn't have a lot of nice things to say about it. Jesus uses a little different illustration. He calls it lukewarm. He says you're not hot or cold. So you're not a, a blazing on fire fanatic, and you're also not a frozen Christian. Someplace in the middle, and it's a frustrating place to live. Because, see, you, you want to do evil, you want to be bad, but you just got enough good in you that you can't pull the trigger on the real bad stuff. And so you're frustrated that everybody out there gets to do bad things, but you can't. Plus, you have just enough spirits left in you that when you do do something bad, you feel really guilty about it. It's a miserable place to be. But if you want to do it, it's easy to attain. Number one, just have sporadic spiritual input. You can have spiritual input, just don't have a lot of it. And don't hang out a lot with Christian people. I mean, you come to church, you just don't come very often. Be careful with the Bible. Go ahead and read the Bible. Just don't study it. And your prayer life, just make sure you just pray over food and that kind of thing. And one more thing. <clears throat> Stay tuned into the world. Watch lots of news. Stay on the Internet. Binge watch a bunch of Netflix stuff. Keep your mind all involved in the world if you want to do that. You can pick the half and half deal. But I, I want you to trust me on this thing. I used to tell my youth group this years and years and years and years and years and years ago. This is not only a frustrating way to live, it's a lonely way to live. And nobody will trust you. Your family won't trust you, your coworkers, people you go to school with, your neighbors. They won't trust you because if you try to act bad with them, whatever that looks like to you, drinking and partying and running around, all that kind of stuff, uh, they're not going to trust you because they know you go to church on Sunday. And the people at church aren't going to trust you because even though you're singing with them and amening with them and taking communion with them, they see you running around with the bad people. So you end up all by yourself frustrated on both ends but you can do this if you want to or number three the third option is you can be a good tree sold out to jesus christ filled up with the fruit of the spirit from galatians 5 love joy peace patience goodness gentleness kindness faithfulness and self-control that's the fruit you want in your life the evil mind thinks about resentment i can't stand those democrats i don't know how you be a democrat call yourself christian i can't stand those stupid republicans I can't stand Donald Trump. I can't stand Nancy Pelosi. But a good tree says, you know what? Love them all and let God sort them out. That's what I say. A bad tree just worries constantly. What are we going to do if this COVID thing comes back? What are we going to do if the economy actually collapses? How are we going to pay this $4 trillion back? What are we going to do if he gets reelected? What are we going to do if he doesn't get reelected? But a good tree says, you know what? God had this thing put together long before I ever showed up. He's going to work it all out. A bad tree is full of uh, unmet desires. If I just had this, if I just had that. But a good tree says, I'm the richest person I ever met. Here's some good tree thoughts. We gave some bad tree thoughts. Here's some good tree thoughts. I cannot believe this happened to me. You, you know my house burned down? You, you know my, my husband got cancer? You know I just lost my mother? 
can't believe this happened to me, but I'll tell you this. God's still in control. And all things work together for good to those who love the Lord are called according to his purpose. And I know that to be true. A, a good tree thinks like this. I cannot believe they said that about me. It's not true, by the way. And, and you know, years ago, I would have done everything I could to retaliate. But, Lord, I'm sitting with you here this morning, and I'm thinking about how many times a day, a day, you have to forgive me or I'd be right to hell. And you know what? I'm going to give grace to you. I give up my right to retaliation. That's what forgiveness is, by the way. A good tree says, yeah, it'd be nice to have a little more money, have my bills paid off, have some money in the bank, maybe have a nicer car, newer car, or something like that. But as I sit here, Lord, at the golden arches, looking at my family, I can, I can have a wonderful time because you have filled my life with good things. Now, can we have this kind of life? You bet. Paul says, you have the mind of Christ. Paul says, like we talked about last week, you don't conform to the world. You transform by the renewing of your mind. Paul says, think about good things, pure things, right things, all that we looked at last week. Now, how do you get that done? We'll talk about this as we get ready to take communion. Number one, you've got to read the Bible. Are you sick of me telling you to read the Bible? I'm never going to stop. That's our lifeblood right there. So you read the Word. Read the Word. Read the Word constantly. Shut off the TV and read the Bible a little bit. Now, if you don't like the first one, you're not going to like the second one. You need to meditate on the Word of God. I mean, you would not believe the difference. Some of you, most of you know, the difference between reading it and sitting down and letting God talk to you through it. Oh, my goodness. The Word of God's living and active, sharpen the double-edged sword, cuts all the way to bone. You meditate on it, he'll tell you something. He, it's good for instruction. He'll tell you what to do. It's good for rebuke. He'll tell you not what not. It's good for encouragement. So you study it, meditate on it. And thirdly, memorize it. I, I, I got to quit, but we're going to do that. Close your eyes. Everybody close your eyes. First Thessalonians 5.17 reads, pray continually. Say it with me. Pray continually. Say it again. Pray continually. One more time. Pray continually. You guys just memorize some scripture. You get God's word in your heart like that, down deep, and you would not believe how many times a day he'll bring it up just when you need it. And then the last thing, man, this is so simple, but it's so doable today. Just make sure you saturate yourself with songs and hymns and devotions and scripture and preaching all day long. You, do you know in Jesus' day, the literacy rate was 3%. Not the illiteracy rate, the literacy. I'm done saying that because I'll mess it up. Only 3% of the population could read in Jesus' day. So you know how they got the word in? They listened to it over and over and over again from somebody they trusted. Can you just think about the advantage you have for that? You got online preaching anytime you want. I don't know why you're listening to me anyway. You could be listening to Andy Stanley right now. You could be listening to John Or Well, you're listening to John Orbit. But you could be listening to anybody you want to. You know what I'm saying? But we have phones that you can, you can drive down the road and turn the, the Bible on. And it, it will read the Bible to you. Podcasts, music, saturate yourself. A good man or woman brings good things that are stored up in their hearts. And an evil person brings evil that is stored up in their mind. We're getting ready to, uh, I'm coming down just like I used to. I got my communion. By the way, take the top off first. That's where the bread is, or the styrofoam. And then underneath the styrofoam is the juice. Can I take that off first? Uh, my goodness sakes. Here we are. You want some good in your life? 
You want some truth? You want the way? The life? Right here at this table. Broken body and shed blood of Jesus Christ. Free to anybody that wants it. If you're here and you don't have that already, if you've not accepted Jesus, man, come up here. I'll be, I'll be sitting right here. I'll stay six feet away or I'll hover right over the top of you, whatever you want to do. The baptistry is full and ready. In fact, we're having a baptism this morning. Pretty excited about it. If you haven't accepted Jesus, come and do that. The rest of us, just take some time and get some good right now. We're just spending time with the Holy Spirit.